0: From the nation's capital, this is The Screen Lately Show on Choice FM UK. This hour of The Screen Lately Show on Choice FM UK is brought to you by Clean Home Décor. Get your home looking sharp at clean with a double E,
1: Emanuel and Claire Annamasipa with you on Choice FM UK. Good afternoon everybody and thanks for listening. From our studios in central London, this is The Screen Lately Show. Two hours of movie talk. TV talk and music inspired by the movies, Thursday afternoons from 4. We're broadcasting online at choiceoffem.uk, on Mixcloud and on Twitch. We're also streaming at BohemoEuphoria.com and screenlately.com. Remember to hit subscribe on YouTube for all the latest clips and highlights from the Screen Lately show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Screen Lately. This is the show where Black Lives Matter, not just on screen, but off screen as well. Coming up between now and six o'clock, we've got the one and only Morgan Freeman, the Academy Award winning actor, who will be here to talk about the production company which he co-founded with producer Laurie McCreary, Revelations Entertainment. Laurie will be joining us, along with actor and producer Eddie Gathegi, to talk about their involvement in the movie Princess of the Road a deeply engrossing family drama which was picked up for UK rights by our good friends at Bohemian Euphoria who've been busy picking up other films as well such as I Am Samuel and Baby Boy and we'll be finding out more about those titles later in the show. Plus, we'll have a stack load of music inspired by the movies. 07548 806 927 is the WhatsApp number where you can live chat with us in the studio. That's 07548-806-927. Email us, news at screenlately.com. Or you can send us a tweet right now at screenlately. All that to come between now and six, here on Choice FM UK.
2: One day, when the glory comes, here will be ours be out oh one day when the war is won we will be sure we will be sure oh, glory glory. Glory. Oh.
3: glory glory hands to the heavens no man no weapon Justice is in us Justice for all just ain't specific enough One son died, his spirit is revisiting us True and living, living in us Resistance is us That's why Rosa sat on the bus That's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up When it go down, we woman and man up They say stay down, and we stand up Shots we on the ground, the camera panned up King pointed to the mountaintop, and we ran up One day when the glory
2: comes, it will be out, it will be out. Oh, one day, when the war is won.
1: in John Legend there with Glory, the theme from Ava DuVernay's Selma, which won the Oscar for Best Original Song in 2015. Glory was also the name of a 1989 American historical war drama about the 54th Massachusetts Infantry Regiment, one of the Union Army's earliest African American regiments in the American Civil War. The cast included a certain Morgan Freeman, Matthew Broderick and Denzel Washington who would go on to win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in March 1990. It would be 15 years before Morgan would win an Oscar in the exact same category for his performance in Million Dollar Baby, which also picked up Oscars for Best Actress, Best Director, and Best Picture. It was a good year too for Black Actors in 2005, with Jamie Foxx winning Best Actor for his performance as Ray Charles. Chris Rock was the host that year, and there's talk that he will be hosting next year's Oscars, with no Will Smith to worry about, of course. And let's not forget the success that Black actors had at this year's Oscars. In addition to Will, we had Danny Glover and Samuel L. Jackson, both receiving honoring Oscars. And yes, Denzel Washington was there for that as well. Morgan is still acting the last time I checked, and as I said at the top of the show, He is also an executive producer. And as you will discover, when he joins us on the line in just a few moments, Morgan was very much ahead of his time when it came to movie streaming. Speaking of which, it's time now for the Bohemia Euphoria Film of the Week.
0: The Bohemia Euphoria Film of the Week on Choice FM UK. Amplifying the voices and stories of underrepresented people through film.
4: Some people that see me, they might think my life's dirt. But I always thought of my life like a fairy tale story.
5: Don't you want a home? I got a home. Skid Row,
6: it's not a home. Not for a 12-year-old girl. Hello, Alicia. It's good to meet you. You said her father was ill.
5: He suffered a traumatic brain injury while
4: serving in Iraq. He has episodes, bad ones.
5: Social services want to take you away from him. And nobody's looking out for your dad.
0: He doesn't deserve that.
7: Alicia! Have you seen Little Girl? She was visiting her dad. Alicia! Now
4: we're going out of the city. We're going far away. And then you'll get better.
8: I like that dream. That's a good dream.
5: We stick together. You or me?
9: How does it feel to be forgotten?
5: What do you want? More than anything when he messes about this. You know, he's dangerous. He cannot take care of her. Dad! Get Dad! Out,
9: Dad. Get away from Strong. Resilient.
4: These are the parts that you're made of.
5: I think that
10: you are very special. You, my daughter, ain't nothing going
1: change That was the trailer for Princess of the Road, which you can register to rent and watch today, along with a cross-section of other curated films, including the award-winning Baby Boy, directed by Greg Hall, and starring George Russo, Kelly Shirley, and Dior Clark at BohemiaEuphoria.com. If you've not yet watched Princess of the Row, let me tell you that it's not for the faint of heart. A really compelling story. The soundtrack's pretty decent as well, and we're about to play one of the songs, Walk With Me, from artist Jessica Childress, who also wrote the lyrics, along with Grammy-nominated producer Rune Westberg. The next voices you will hear after this will be myself, Kerani Masigwe, Morgan Freeman, Laurie McCreary and Eddie Gathegi. You're listening to The Screen Lately Show on Choice FM UK. When the dark is
9: all around me And the cold is at my door When I need someone To take me Cause I just Can't take no more Who Is gonna find me A place to rest Until the storm Rolls through And who the winds of change are blowing and i don't know where i'm going walk with me when i can't find my feet when i'm too scared to see what's ahead I to sleep and too afraid to dream. Walk with me, oh walk with me. I took the path that's long and wide.
0: Cloud and on Twitch from the nation's capital. This is Choice FM UK.
11: Hi, Laurie. Hi, Hi. hello. How are you? I'm good. I made it. I'm. I'm so happy. I'm not in a uh, in a car driving. I <laughs> yes.
7: Yeah, we, we were gutted when we saw that message. It was like
11: no. I was like, mm. I made it home in time, so I'm very happy. Excellent. Nice to see you. Lovely to Excellent. see you. How That's a lov- you?
1: It's a lovely backdrop you've got that there. That is
11: beautiful. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
11: What's going on I, there? Then, they're tigers from India. It's one of those room dividers, you know, that normally. But oh. I just put it on the wall because I thought it was so. Beautiful. Excellent. Very good. Thank you. And Excellent. where are you? Where are you right now? What's your location?
7: We're central London. So Great.
11: Yes. Okay. Nice.
7: And where are you, Laurie? What part of the world?
11: I am in Malibu.
7: Okay. Oh. So is that, is that central time?
11: It's, uh, no, it's Pacific time. So it's kind oh, of yeah. uh, 10 a.m. my time. Yeah. Ah, yeah
1: Excellent. Nice. No, we're grateful.
11: We're so grateful for your time. Thank you. No problem at all. It's exciting. Yeah. Where um, Kiana, my assistant's going to come on just to make sure Morgan gets on. He's he in. He's in Alabama. He has a. He lives in Mississippi, but he has a place in Alabama
1: on a golf course. That's where he's from, isn't it? Tennessee,
11: Mississippi. He lives in Mississippi. He yeah, he yeah. was born in Memphis, but he lives in Mississippi.
1: I see. Um, beautiful,
11: beautiful home there, and he's. Uh, his family had a place there, and he moved back there and bought all the land around it. So you know, it's like a family home.
7: Oh, that's wonderful.
1: Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Great film, by the way, Princess of the Row. Oh,
11: isn't it beautiful? Oh, yeah. stunning.
7: stunning. Um, I don't want to oh. go into it too much just now, yeah. but, <laughs> no, but I do. I have a real connection to the story. Oh. So, um, no, really, really beautiful and well done. Thank you for bringing that to the screen. Oh, no, there. no problem. Hi, Eddie.
1: Hello, hello. Eddie, here, hey. Morgan, here.
7: Morgan. Hi there. An honor, a pleasure, thank you. You can hear us, good. Morgan, can you hear us?
11: No, he's connecting to audio. Do
7: you want it, gallery?
6: Or it's a I... low camera
11: today.
1: We'll keep it like
6: this. <laughs> Guys, we have time for one more question, then we have
11: to go. <laughs> 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 nice. That, was, that was perfect timing, Stan. I think Morgan probably just heard you say that. Hey, Morgan. Hey. Hi, Morgan.
8: How are we? We're well. Hey. Hello, Laurie, How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm Excellent. I'm fantastic. It's nice to see everybody. Indeed. Hello, Morgan. are you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm in New York at the moment. Okay. Are you working? My favorite, what are you my doing? favorite city. It's my favourite city, so I just, I always love being here. Now I'm taking a a little writer's retreat. I'm working on some material, so I'm out here just just hanging out. Yeah.
1: All right. All right. So those voices that you can hear are Eddie Gutheggi, Morgan Freeman, Laurie McCreary is also joining us on the Screen Lately show. Good evening from London and good morning, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. It's sort of noon here. Noon for you, Morgan. What time is it for you, Eddie? It's it's one o'clock. One o'clock. And what time is it for you, Laurie? It is 10 a.m. I'm the early bird. Excellent, excellent. Well, lovely to have you all with us on the Screen Lately Show. So let's kick it off then. Um, Let's start off with a nice icebreaker of a question. What was the last film that you guys saw at the cinema? Given that we're in the post-pandemic era and the cinemas were not available to us, can can you recall the last time you were at the cinema and what you saw?
7: Laurie shaking her head. Go for it. Yes, I she can,
11: can remember. I um I it was a special screening on the Warner Brothers lot of Dune. Denis Villeneuve directed. Um, we're just in the process of finalizing a big science fiction project for him to direct, and I wanted to see it before anyone else so it was and the Warner Brothers theater was fantastic huge huge screen with amazing sound and i just sat there transfixed it was and i'd been you know locked down for a year and a half almost by the time i saw it so it was kind of a an amazing assault on my senses but
1: so beautiful and you didn't bring morgan along with you he, he i wasn't there little,
11: he lives a little far away okay
1: yeah no problem.
8: I'm usually, I'm usually very late to pop culture trends. So believe it or not, I watched Harry Potter for the first time during the pandemic. That's one of the things that we went through the entire series. So now uh, I, I got to see each new one when it comes out. So Dumbledore is what I saw a couple of weeks ago.
9: Oh. The Secrets
8: of Dumbledore. Nice. And it was, uh, it, was, it, was,
1: it was good fun. Excellent. I think, Morgan, you said you couldn't remember the last time you were at the cinema. What was the last film that you saw in general? Do you get to watch a lot of films?
6: Well, I'm trying to think <laughs> because uh, my memory is pretty much shot these days. Um, you know, I'm aging into senility, I might as well admit that. So I can't remember. I don't remember the last time I saw a movie in the cinema. No
10: problem.
6: I, I, I remember. I remember and one that you. Since, yeah, I've been like Lori. I've been in lockdown for ever, you know, and sneak away and do a little bit of a film every now and then. But that's it. I haven't been socializing or going out to anything. That's cool. Sorry, Lori.
11: I, th- I was going to say. I think I know. I think you you screened your Zach Braff film, A Good Person. I think you told me that you saw that did you did you see that
6: no i mean i i i was sent the the uh i was sent the uh what do you call it link yeah the connection so and i still don't remember seeing
11: it very good it's coming yeah. out this year very good it's called a good person
1: good it. We'll
7: look out for it thank Excellent. you so much
1: now in many ways um the company which you founded, both you, Morgan and Laurie, Revelations Entertainment has been ahead of the game from a streaming perspective, having become the very first film production company in history to distribute a film online while the movie was still playing in theatres. Now, talk to us about how the opportunity arose to get into the streaming business before Netflix.
10: Mm. Are
6: you asking me? You're asking Lori because uh, she knows.
7: Shall we go ladies first?
11: Uh, <laughs> I'll start and Morgan, you can add color. How's that? Okay. We um we had been working with Intel, the chip company, for many years, um uh helping them in their business and helping them get into the entertainment business. And It was with the um, digital effects computers. They were wanting their computers to help build the big digital effects, but they were a little lacking in the software and the hardware. Anyway, I have a computer science degree. So at the company, one of the ways, you know, in the film business, you have to make money to develop projects so that you can put them on the screen. So one of the ways in the beginning of our company, we raised money was by doing technology. So we worked with Intel on this technology and when the time came in the early 2000s, when we started realizing that our business might go the way of the music business where everyone was just um, pirating music, um, Intel came to us and said, what do you think is gonna happen in the future um, you know, with movies? How do we protect movies? And so we started working with them, um, talking about how we could protect movies in the future. And one way is to make them available. So if they're available and you can pay a little bit of money to see them, then maybe people wouldn't be pirating them. So we teamed up with Intel to start a company called ClickStar. Clickstar and, um, and I think, better. Morgan, you can take it from there. ClickStar. Yeah.
6: Uh, so the idea that we had, Lori, I should say, had, because she a computer scientist and I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, we could, uh, as the technology was presenting itself, we could make movies available uh, through that medium, just like Netflix is doing. Uh, but this was, wow, how many years ago? 2005. Problem was that our technology was not developed, I guess, but, uh, far enough or fast enough uh, to really meet that demand. Because when we went online, the whole thing crashed. There were so many hits at it, at it, boom, just like that. So. Obviously there was uh there was a, a desire for that to happen. But just we were ahead of our time.
11: We were ahead of our time. You've heard of the um people are on the cutting edge, we were on the bleeding edge. <laughs> so we were probably three years too soon mm-hmm. um where the technology was not as fast as it is now and the, so we couldn't keep up with the demand and but there also weren't enough people to support the business so we kept going for a while with intel's support and then we said okay and then of course four years later boom it all happened mm. but we feel like we pioneered the way
1: you certainly did and talk to us about the film that you actually distributed 10 years or less tell us the story behind why that film was kind of going to be the launch pad for this. Which film? Ten years ten or items. Less. ten items or less. Ten items or less
11: oh. I can't. Lori. That no. was a that was a, a film with Paz Vega that uh Brad Silberling <laughs> directed. And we did we we actually shot that film in fifteen and a half days, which if you know, I mean Eddie'll tell us how long it took Princess of the Row, but it's a a very small amount of time for a big movie that's going to go out wide. And um, and it was fully financed by the tech, the tech world. And we thought at the time, we kept, I, I love technology, but I was also afraid at the time that the technology business would take over the entertainment business. And
1: lo and behold, we are kind of there. <laughs> Indeed. Now, believe it or not, my wife Claire made the film in seven and a half days, her first feature film in the UK. She can tell you all about it wow congratulations yeah, that's
7: to, rough thank you so much i won't take up your time because i want to hear from you but yeah that was my debut and i think you do it's a baptism of fire isn't it you know it's an independent movie we financed it ourselves and um, oh. yeah it's called no shade it's a romantic drama about colorism but i will wait
11: i want to, to wait, I see that how do we I, see
7: it i will send you a link i think you'll love it okay. I really do. Because it speaks to women. It's about just, you know, us always being, feeling like we're not enough, la la la. Um, But no, it's it's doing good things. I want to hear from Eddie um, because Princess of the Row really, really spoke to me. Uh, Personally, I grew up in foster care. So I cried several times watching the movie um, because caring for a parent with mental health issues is a lived experience for me. And Eddie, I thought your performance was exceptional. And I really wanted to know as a actor, what, where, how, what did you kind of draw from to portray um, that father figure that you played?
8: Well, I think everything begins with um, just your, your passion for the material, your passion for the subject, matter mm-hmm. and i've always been somebody who had a big heart for the disenfranchised and uh the the, the, the people with their homes and the people who have been pushed to the margins of society i've always been passionate about that so i was looking for a story to tell in this particular space and it just came to me just like all great things through god and uh, I, I knew i knew i had to play this part and that just required me doing all the homework, you know, as as an actor, you just have to do your homework, study uh, everything that there is to study about it, read all the books on mental health that you can get your hands on, spend time on Skid Row. We actually shot our film on Skid Row. Yes. uh, Which was an experience. Wow. And we had a uh, Skid Row liaison, who a former veteran who was homeless, Mm -hmm. and he would take us around Skid Row and introduce us to his friends and to his community, so we could get the seal of approval, so we could actually shoot there without having any problems. Uh, so Ooh. I spent I spent a lot of time on Skid Row, and my my wife actually said, um, "You cannot sleep on Skid Row because you have a graduate acting degree. So act."
10: I That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, yes.
8: I will lock the doors on you if you try to spend <laughs> the night on Skid Row.
10: Like, she you like, you yeah,
8: no, yeah. it's
7: true. There's like that thin line, isn't there, about wanting to do that method acting of really immersing yourself, but also understanding that it's a role. You know, you're not here to literally like
2: I, yeah.
7: immerse yourself right. in that world. Yeah, you're portraying a character. <laughs> <Until>
8: <laughs> and that's yes, a fascinating think, conversation that's happening.
6: Right. Go ahead, Morgan. Acting is believing,
7: it ain't being. That's it. That
1: part. <laughs> definitely, so definitely. And talk to us about I, um. So well, you? Oh, go. On. Sorry, Andy, go no, on. I was
8: just I mean, that's a conversation that's that's a conversation that's happening right now, this whole method acting, and a lot of actors are getting flack for, for method acting. For me, I, I, I used to look down on method acting and there's a part of me that still does. But what I learned in this particular role mm-hmm. is sometimes you cannot play the part unless you give more of yourself to it. Um, and, and the role requires from you what it requires from you. So I had to live as this character far more than I felt comfortable living in any character skin, um, which kind of veers towards the method. Uh, I didn't live on skid row. So I guess I didn't go full method, which I guess is what we're talking about. Acting is just acting. But I did, it was very hard for me to shake off this character nightly. I basically, and we only shot for 19 days, going back to Lloyd's. Uh, uh, 19 days which a really quick shoot. So I was pretty much in character for 19 days and then I was out.
1: And talk to us about the relationship we have as a There's producer a in this film, not just as an actor, but obviously you're one of the producers and Laurie and Morgan are executive producers. Um, How much counsel did Morgan give you as an actor? Was there any of that uh, consultation from... (laughs) shaking his head. He Uh, He taught me everything he
7: knew. (laughs) (laughs) 100%. Well, no, obviously, you know, (laughs) Morgan's my godfather um, in, in, in this space and hugely, you know, sought after. So was there anything that you gleaned from Morgan or did you have any conversations about, you know, how you were going to play the role or the, you know, anything, just anything that we can share with our listeners as they're thinking about watching this on Bohemia Euphoria.
6: And we got the timing all wrong here because uh I actually had nothing to do with the picture or uh, him creating the role, I, I wasn't there. I mean, I'm a, I'm a visitor. Uh, I I just I saw the film and I was just completely knocked out by it. Mm. Uh, everything connected to it. Uh, it, it is right about it. the locale, the authenticity of the people in the background, his own authenticity. I just couldn't believe it. It was just a wonderful port- portrayal. Uh, and such a sort of one-off story. Mm. I've never seen anything quite like it before.
7: Me too, me too. Or sense Mm-hmm, 100%. Yes,
8: and I, I want to add, add something to that. Um, while, while he wasn't there as we made this film, I mean, it, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that this is Sir Morgan Freeman. I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. You know, this is a man whose work I have studied and admired for my whole entire career. So, there is a part of my performance that is influenced by uh, the great that came before me.
1: These effects.
6: I'll, I'll, I'll take that, that's good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And what, what are the kind of messages for audiences to take away from this film? I know it was released in the States last year, and obviously Claire alluded to Bohemia Euphoria, who acquired the UK rights to the film earlier this year. Um, and that film, along with No Shade, which we talked about earlier, can also be seen on Bohemian Euphoria. So, what have audiences got to look forward to when they stream Princess of the Road tonight, or whenever they get a chance to watch such a potent film and potent storyline?
6: Well, if you're asking me, I'll, I'll I just think go first.
1: That,
6: okay. Yeah, if you're asking me, I think they uh, what you come away with was what I just ex- uh, as sort of trying to uh, describe it's a one-off experience uh the acting isn't acting actually you don't see actors on stage you see people who are in a situation uh totally believable totally believable uh and uh memorable let to put it that way very very memorable story and picture that's what you'll come away with.
1: And if I can ask you, Morgan, how has acting evolved um, over the last 10, 15, 20 years? Have you seen a considerable difference in performances? And just coming oh, around?
6: No, I think from the beginning, acting has always been acting. Uh, you learn your lines and you learn your position on the stage or on the set and you hit your marks. That's, that's the, it's always been the way. No matter what, uh, filmmaking and such is the only thing that has actually evolved,
1: not acting. And if I can bring you in here, Laurie, how was producing involved to, to that extent? Following on from what Morgan said there.
11: Wow. Well, producing—I've uh, been doing it on a much shorter time than Morgan's been acting, but for the last twenty-some years, it's—it's it's really changed um, in terms of what we do on on set and. It, you know, obviously we went from more analog film based to digital, so we can move a lot faster. We can, um, and, but what hasn't happened, which I would love to see happen is we can be more efficient, but oftentimes we're not more efficient on set. And, um, I would love to see our business care about the teams and the crews more and, and be more like Clint Eastwood does on his sets where he shoots 10 hour days and then people go home and are with their families. I think we've all been on projects my own and otherwise where you're working 14 hour days and you don't really have a time, to have a personal life.
10: Mm-hmm. But I think
11: where we learn about life and everything that we want to put out on the big screen to show people is when we're not working. And so I would love to have more of a balance on sets where we're filming 10 hours and then going home and having real lives and having real full weekends. So um, while technology has helped us, there's also room for us to grow in our business. And obviously producing is very different now because we have fewer outlets. There might be more content being made because there's lots of television and limited series and series and films, but the, the big theatrical releases aren't there. And there are fewer places to sell because everyone's kind of being a big conglomerate. Mm. So it's a little harder um, when you only have seven or eight places to sell to.
7: True. And also Laurie, just to follow on from that, because there's a statistic about there being 2% women in the whole business. And you know, I know we're always championing, and we see certain names come up. But you know, you're a female producer, so you're still, you know, a unicorn.
11: <laughs> what do
7: you think we can do to bring more women into spaces like producing, you know, and and directing?
11: I think I, I, it's a really good point. I think that we need to be mindful when we're bringing on new new people on our teams, from the the PAs to trainees that we start looking for underrepresented groups and females are still underrepresented in our business, woefully underrepresented, especially in like grip and electric and and um sound. yeah and sound and there's just so many. Um we had a show called Madam Secretary and we were fortunate enough to be a show that a lot of people wanted to be on. And so we went to the Teamsters and said, I we want more people of color and more women on the Teamster team. So we kind of sucked in the people from New York who were, who were there and we had a, a more representative team. But when you're, as you know, you did a film in seven and a half days, when you're a producer and you're trying to put your project together, it's an added stress to also try to make sure your, your team is diversified. And, and, and so you just have to commit to doing it. And you have to hire people and make sure your heads of departments are committed to doing it. And, and I would just say mentor, mentor, mentor. I, mm-hmm. I I try to talk to people that are just coming up. Um, it used to be that, you know, a producer would hire their friend's kids. So sure. if you're an underrepresented person in it, that's a great way to do it. But if you're someone who looks more like me, I need to go outside of just my family group to bring in people of color. So I think we all need to kind of stretch a little bit. Exactly.
1: Eddie, if, if I can bring you in here, because um, as Laurie was talking, I was reminded of, the achievements of James Samuel, who directed The Harder Day Fall. And he won a BAFTA this year for his directorial debut. What was it like to work with James on his first big project? I mean, I've known
8: James for over 10 years. I met him in London when I was doing X-Men. And he told me about this movie that he'd been working on for quite some time and cut to uh, 10 years later, I'm, I'm in the movie. But we workshopped that film. We shot little scenes for it before it got set up at a studio. Uh, it's, it's a testament to perseverance. This is a man who had an idea and he didn't let the industry tell him that it couldn't be, couldn't be done. And in fact, I think he might've broke some records for his debut because Netflix gave him a healthy budget and an amazing cast for his debut. So this is all just
1: perseverance. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, I don't know whether you guys have been to Cannes. Morgan, I'm sure in all your time you've been to the Cannes Film Festival, have you?
6: Yes, yes, yeah. um, two or three times.
1: And can you recall what the experiences were like? Did you go there with films or did you go there for pleasure, business?
6: Uh, we, we went there with um, our first, was it our first film or not? The, well, it was the first film. Uh, one of the first films, which was um, um, one with uh, Gene Hackman, Laurie.
11: Under Suspicion.
6: Oh, um, I love Suspicion. that film.
1: Love that film. Yeah, yeah. right. That, uh, that was
11: a remake of a French film, and Morgan introduced it in the French language, which <laughs> every blew everyone away because he was, I don't know how to say perfect in French, but he was that. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Formidable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Oui>. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: Excellent. And Lori, I'm sure you've been to Cannes as well. Any any anecdotes? Well, I think um
11: I'd been to Cannes maybe four four or five times before, um, under suspicion. The very first time I went, I was a new producer. Morgan and I had just started the company and I didn't know. I knew hardly anyone. I was so nervous. But then I saw a little Intel sign down on the cassette. And that's when I first got connected with, believe it or not, a technology company. So I have fond memories of Cannes. And Morgan and I, over the years, have been there quite a few times. We brought ClickStar over there to introduce streaming to the Cannes Film Festival um, and uh, have great memories. It's a great time for especially as producers, we don't often get to come together outside of you know, seeing each other maybe during award season. So it's a good time to see colleagues and friends because we're all individually on our sets, all in different parts of the world. So it's a great time to come together.
6: Yeah, it's a great place to uh, meet filmmakers from around the world. That's what really happens. There and at the Berlin Film Festival. Excellent. And
1: Eddie, have, you, have we been to Cannes yet? No, uh, I've never been to Cannes, but I
8: what I love what I love about that film festival in particular is I think some of the greatest things that happen come from revolutions, and and Cannes was one of those festivals that started because uh, Hitler and Benito Mussolini uh, were trying to angle the Venice Film Festival in a specific way, and French filmmakers felt left out, so they went, well, we're going to create a uh, competitive film <laughs> festival, and they just they created it out of a necessity uh to 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 answer back against fascism and i think that that's a cool beginning
1: i'm responding like you Laurie, because i'm i'm quite a film geek um this is the first i'm hearing about the kind of how cans all came together so that's fascinating
11: eddie that's a great limited series for us to do together. (laughs) all right I'm in to working on something that I'm
8: going to bring to you. Okay, good, good,
1: good. Well, I was going to ask you. So, what have you guys got planned apart from this project, which we've all kind of signed ourselves up to, I guess? What well, I'm, I'm excited
8: about this project first of all, yeah. um, and I have to. I can't. I can't. We can't do this whole interview without me c- uh, continuing to thank <laughs> Morgan and Laurie because uh, without Laurie's perseverance and and fight to get our movie out there in the world, it wouldn't have the life that it has. And, we're on HBO Max in the states, and you know people have seen our film and, and and the work that and the and the messaging that we're putting out there to the world. And uh, it's because of Laurie and it's because of Morgan. And and I thank them from the bottom of my heart for jumping on board with us.
6: You're more than a little bit welcome.
11: We we're happy to do it. <laughs> we we often see films um, in a later stage, right? The, that we're not developing them, we're not producing them, but we see them and. This is, this was one of the first that we saw and Morgan and I both looked at each other and said, more people have to see this. How, however we can help Eddie, let us know. So, so we jumped in to help, but it, the product has to be there. The performance has to be there. Taylor who played Alicia is an amazing yes, Taylor, uh, yeah. actor, uh, so great. So we, I think between Morgan and I, we, we had a sense that this was something that would, you know, it stirred our hearts. So we thought it, it, it could stir a lot more hearts.
7: And is that how you literally pick projects, or is there like a formula? Is it kind of based on gut? How do you kind of pick projects to back? Uh, you you pick
6: projects. They don't. You don't. I don't think you pick projects. I think they pick you. They pick you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah. Something comes along and smacks you in the face, you know, with its message and its goodness and its uh, craftsmanship. That. If you're in the business, there's hardly anything else you can do, but pass it on as best you can.
1: Absolutely. Now, um, a little birdie tells me that um, it's your birthday coming soon, Morgan.
6: Yes. And I don't know, a couple of weeks, maybe.
1: That's right. That's right. What have you got planned?
6: Uh, I I don't have any plans. I'm going to attend the party that is being planned.
7: Okay, you're going to show up and show out. Hopefully,
1: excellent. Any chance of an invite? Any chance of an invite? No. I thought thought I'd ask. (laughs) Yeah, it's not every day you get to speak to Morgan Freeman and. Potentially get invited to a birthday party. But yeah, no, um, I I appreciate that. There's so many other people that want to be at the party. But um, happy birthday in advance. Thank you so much. And all the best with your producing as well, because obviously everyone knows you as the Academy Award winning actor, but you do voiceovers, you do producing, you do so many other things. So keep it up, sir.
6: Doing my best. Doing my very best to keep it up.
1: And Thank no you. signs of retiring anytime soon, I imagine.
6: I don't think you retire. I think you get retired. <laughs> or at least that's my case. I'm not going to retire. The business will handle that.
1: Yeah. Excellent. And I guess the, the same sentiment is shared between Laurie and Eddie here. You're going to be working into your 90s and 100s. I'm always it's going down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
10: <laughs>
1: Excellent. Well, on behalf of everyone here on the screen lately show thank you very much for joining us it's been an absolute privilege and a pleasure to be talking to you not just about princess of the road but about the film industry in general so on behalf of my wife claire and myself thank you very much for joining us today thank you
6: and thank you thank you both. thank
5: you
11: for having us mm-hmm.
9: to my
0: Of the Screen Lately show on Choice FM UK is brought to you by EverydayOfTheWig.com. Go online for choices galore and more.
9: Oh
1: tea time on Choice FM UK as we segue from afternoon into early evening with three tracks from some of the movies which starred Morgan Freeman and Eddie Garfegui. The first track was Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams. The movie was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. The second track was "Walden in Union by Yolandi Naughty. The movie was Invictus starring Morgan Freeman of course who also starred in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And the third track was The Harder They Fall by Kofi and starring, of course, Eddie Kuthegi and a whole host of other big names, Regina King, Idris Elba, the list goes on, Jonathan Majors, the list goes on. Anyway, after we're done here on The Screen Lately Show, my colleague Afrolicious Mama will be with you from six o'clock tonight with The Cure and The Cause. Don't forget to tune into other shows on the network Find out more at choicefm.uk. Remember to hit subscribe on YouTube for all the latest clips and highlights from the Screen Lately show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Screen Lately. Needless to say, there'll be a fair few of you out there waiting for the VT of our interview with Morgan and the gang, me included. 07548 806 927 is the WhatsApp number where you can live chat with us in the studio here on Choice FM UK. That's 07548 806 927. Email us please, news at screenlately.com or you can send us a tweet right now for free at Screen Lately. WhatsApp is free as well, as you well know. Let us know what you thought about our interview today with Morgan Freeman, Laurie McCreary and Eddie Gathegi. The Cannes Film Festival, which came up in our chat very much front and centre of everyone's minds this week and next week, as the fortnight begins in earnest. We hope to see some of you there, as myself and Claire shall be spending a few days in the south of France, thoroughly deserved as well, I might add, before heading back to London to prepare for next week's show. The festival actually started this past Tuesday, which also coincides with the International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia and Transphobia, which is observed on May the 17th and aims to coordinate international events that raise awareness of LGBT rights violations and stimulate interest in LGBT rights work worldwide. The founders of the International Day Against Homophobia, as it was originally known, established the Idaho Committee to coordinate grassroots actions in different countries to promote the day and to lobby for official recognition on May 17th. That date was chosen to commemorate the decision to remove homosexuality from the International Classification of Diseases of the World Health Organization in 1990. Now, our friends at Bohemia Euphoria have been one of several film platforms in the UK that have led the way in LGBT programming. And last year, they secured the UK rights to the documentary I Am Samuel, filmed over five years, and is the moving portrayal of two men in love. Facing hardships and conflict as a result of being LGBTQ plus in Kenya. Samuel Asiliqua, to give him his full name, grew up in the Kenyan countryside where tradition is valued above all else. Samuel is close to his mother, but his father, a local pastor, doesn't understand why he isn't married yet. After moving to Kenya's capital in search of work and a new life, Samuel falls in love with Alex and finds community and belonging. Their love thrives despite the fact that Kenyan laws criminalize anyone who identifies as LGBTQ+. Despite threats of violence and rejection, Samuel and Alex move between their coexisting roles, hoping to win acceptance in both. In a moment, we'll be hearing from both Samuel and from director Pete Marimri, who spoke with Emmanuel Andrews, courtesy of Bohemia Media, and we are parable. But first, here's a snippet from
12: the film. inasema penal code 162, Any person who has canon knowledge of any person against the order of nature is guilty of a felon and is liable to imprisonment for fourteen years. He in the Oshile learned to know a good. It's great. It's always nice to, you know, hang out with some. You know, any any time we can get alone, is something I really cherish. Having a weekend like this to ourselves is really nice. train, Peter. for
13: Samuel, I want to come to you. I think, I think what is undeniable is the love and tenderness between you and Alex. Like it literally brought tears to my eyes. How how just real and beautiful your love is depicted and is, and is reflected as. And it, I think it's really rare to see two LGBT plus people embracing, you know, let alone kissing and being, you know, being warm with each other. And so I, I just wanted to thank you for showing that showing that side and, you know, especially for black men, I think it's really important to to see role models of what love looks like. Um, and I also wanted to think about community. I think you really see your queer community in Kenya in the film and, uh, or at least in Nairobi. And yeah, I wanted to ask like, what was it like building that community and, and what does that community mean to you?
12: Uh, first of all, uh, I should say that uh, it 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 wasn't that easy. First of all, when we started this film, cause like when I first of all we were supposed to do it as a group of like seven people, but six people said that they can't do it. They fear because of the the outcome of the film, so they could not accept to do it. So uh, I went alone and. Uh, the way uh, you saw in the film that that is the group of people that I could mingle with them, because they are the only close friends that I had, and they were there to support me in in every move that I was doing. But uh, it it wasn't that easy for me to have such such a wonderful family that we used to interact talk together, party together, do our things together in the name of supporting me and encouraging me, Sam, you can do it, you just go ahead, don't fear anything. So it was a wonderful family, in fact we normally call each each one of us, we normally call each other like brothers, because whatever we used to do as a family, we were doing like a family, nothing could stop us like me calling with others but it was just within that group not going outside the bubble
13: I think that's that's so beautiful that you call them family because i think you know as queer people we have to make our own family and we have to find our own communities and and i think the fact that you identify that it's not it's not easy to be part of a community or to be visibly queer so i think the fact that you're you know you point to that and you're able to show how that support doesn't go you know, you, don't, you can't take advantage of that support. Like, it's, it's so rare and it's so important and it's so brave for people to come together. How your relationship to the film may have changed now that, you know, it's been... I think it's been five years since it was filmed and what is it like seeing yourself depicted and, and yeah, what is your relationship like with the film now that it's being shown, people are talking about it, people are discussing your life and really, you know, intimate, personal things. What is your relationship to the film now?
12: Um. I can say that uh i'm happy because it was a tough journey when we started in 2013 and it has been a tough journey of moving up and down like sometime i want to do my things my duties and peter is there is telling me "You you have to do this and this you have to do this and this for us to make the feeling to be okay So I can say I'm happy because uh, this is just a platform to the LGBT community, first of all. And it will make people to understand that we have gay people in our community. And they should not be coming from the rich families, as I said earlier. They have to understand that everyone or everybody can be an LGBT member and it will help the LGBT community to know that we can be who we are, cause if you look at my background, no one could tell that I'm gay. So it has been a tough journey and to me it, it has been a school. Let me say I learned many things about the film because I can remember early this year when it appeared on the national newspaper i got many calls many messages from people oh, Sam! now you see what is this what has happened but to me okay i can say it was like oh now god why why did i choose to do this but at some point i said no i have to accept and move on and i have to show the society that we are the society we live there these are our brothers our Uncles, um, calls our everybody in the community can be who you want to be so i can say it's it's a good journey to the lgbt community especially in africa where we consider it as i think that we learn from the west and i'm proud for the feeling because it will bring an impact of change to those people who think that uh being an LGBT member, it's it's a crime in Africa. And it's going to shape most of LGBT people's lives. Um, and another thing, uh, I can say that I'm, I'm proud because uh, most people who got the news about the film when it came out most people were trying to intimidate me through comments most people people were talking ill of me and my partner and it was an encouragement to me because it shows that it shows me that now after this moving getting out this is what i'm supposed to go and tell people it should not happen they should accept us and know that we are there and we have a right to live and have a right to do whatever we think it's right and they should not consider it as a western thing they should consider it as something that it's inborn you can't control it so even good after even going through all those frustrations insults from the comments because it was worse because uh, it came out when like most people were home now they have that time to perus through the internet newspaper so you can imagine how people are talking and I had to accept so i can say that it uh, it is going to put an impact in the society and especially it will also uh, show those uh, people who are who think that oh i'm living in the rural area or i'm from slam, so I can't come out as being gay. No, it's, it's, it, it's going to show people that no matter where you come from, no matter how you are brought up, no matter what you do in life, you have to believe in who you are and do whatever you want to do.
13: Uh, it was lovely seeing that queer family with everyone in the group seeming so open and free, there LBT plus women connected to that group whether attempts to include them in the original idea, and I wonder if any of the panel can speak to some of the overlaps and differences in experiences for queer men and queer women in Kenya. Does anybody want to take this question?
12: Uh, okay, <laughs> I can say that uh, as it's 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 somehow as you know that in Kenya. You can be just be open that you're an LGBT member, but in real sense because we normally work with people or we normally we normally talk with people who knows that we are like gays and have lesbians so working together with those people it's it, it it's it's easy if the, if you understand them and if you know how to deal to deal with them first of all we know we normally say that you should be our security. For example, if I say, Emanuela, you want to to know more about us, first of all, you, Emanuela, you'll be our security, meaning that whatever we discuss, whatever we do when we are together, it's, it should be remained. that should not go out. And I can say that being in a family of LGBT member, whether they are gay or lesbian in Kenya, it's a wonderful thing, because, uh we associate we together we do our things together as family and it's very funny because uh we know that it's it's against the law uh, but we associate with each other in a very loving manner as one family and it helps us to learn more and to show the community that yes we are there and we love each other
13: and I also wanted to touch on the fact that early on in the film, we see the impact of the laws in Kenya, you know? We see the violence, we see the brutality, but it's also tempered with the, you know, really beautiful tender moments at the beginning with, with you Sam and and your partner. And I think that's a beautiful juxtaposition, but I really wanted to, if you feel comfortable, Sam, if you wouldn't mind telling us what it's like to be LGBT plus in Kenya, if, if you wouldn't mind.
12: Um, being an LGBT member in Kenya, it's like, uh, it's horrible and sometimes it's stressful because of the nature of people who you meet on the ground, people who you interact with, uh, because most of they believe that being gay, it's an African thing. So they always say that we are bringing the West culture into our African culture. And that brings a lot of tension among the LGBT community. You can't interact freely. You can't talk to anyone freely. You can not be who you are or who you want to be. So in terms of being an LGBT member in Kenya, it's somehow tough and you just have to, to accept the situation on the ground first of all before you, you move on to another step. Yeah.
13: What would you say are your hopes for the future? I know that there are some incredible communities, frontline communities, frontline activists doing amazing work on it, Repeal 166 and, and changing the laws in Kenya, but what are your hopes for the future and what are your dreams there? And any of you can answer this.
4: Yeah. So, yeah, I just think that it's incredible that, yeah, you know, Sami um, wants to be a voice um, for the people in his community. Um, I think it's, it's incredibly inspiring. I'm inspired every time I watch the film. Um, Yeah. And I think just my, my hopes is that we will have more stories like this coming out. Uh, We will be able to change the narrative because I think that's just so important. Um, And my hope is that um, the group of activists in Kenya who are rallying behind uh, Repeal 162, which is about um, decriminalizing the laws in Kenya, I mean, uh, changing the laws in Kenya that that criminalize um, the queer community. um, I hope that they also get more support for what they're doing. Their organization is called, um, if you just Google Repeal 162, there's information about that as well. So I just hope that yeah, you know, Sam gets support to be able to become an advocate, and that the people who are doing the work and the grassroots also get the support, um, and to be able to push for change.
14: Yeah, no, my, and for me, I would say, um, my hope is, uh, hopefully, like I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, because um, I remember. Uh, what I'm, I'm, what I'm, I'm around 43. But I remember, in my 20s, um, even just having the discussion, it was impossible. And we can see um, film is doing its role. Rafiki, Stories of Our Lives, now I'm Samuel, and also Repeal 162. It's uh, with a lot of enthusiasm going forward. They are back in court. They're appealing the decision. So the fact that that in itself is happening is progress. So um, I know it's a tough road ahead, uh, but I'm I'm very optimistic that maybe one day change will come.
13: Samuel, what what would be your message of hope for for people who aren't out to their family? What would you want them to know?
12: Okay. I can say that um my hope is that in future everything will be okay because we have those people who are dealing with the penal code Repel one sixty two. And it's my hope and my belief that everything will be okay, they will work on it. And as a Christian I believe that we will pray for them, things will be okay. That's what I can say.
0: Email the show news at screenlately.com. Tweet at screenlately. Text us in the studio on WhatsApp 07548 806 927. The Screen Lately Show on Choice FM UK.
5: Late at night, Mm -mm -mm. you're taking.
0: Online, on Mixcloud and on Twitch. From the nation's capital, this is Choice FM UK.
1: by the movies on choice fm uk as we hit the top of the hour that was faith evans there with tears away and just before that you heard the distinctive tones of Babyface, kenneth edmonds and desiree with fire written by bruce springsteen of all people and it's the main soundtrack from a film called have plenty which for me anyway is in my top 10 of all-time favorite movies Incidentally, the film celebrates its 25th anniversary this year, which gives you an idea as to how long I've been passionate about black film. You also heard tracks in that little medley from the Soul Rebels and their Girls Trip rendition of the famous Bill Withers song, Lovely Day. We also had Happy from C2C, from the movie Ride Along. And speaking of distinctive tones, it doesn't get more distinctive than Luther Vandross and Janet Jackson with the best things in life are free, from the 1992 movie Mo Money, which, by my maths, marks its 30th anniversary this year. More of that came from next Thursday, and indeed every Thursday here, on Choice FM UK. And look out too for the Choice FM UK Jubilee Party on Saturday the 4th of June. Full details about the list of DJs, including our Mama, who's on there in just a few moments, can be found at choicefm.uk. Before we go, a film to look out for in cinemas this weekend is The Innocents, an original and highly tense psychological horror written and directed by Eskil Vogt, writer of Academy and BAFTA-nominated The Worst Person in the World, Thelma, Oslo, August 31st, and director of award-winning Norwegian drama Blind. The film launched to great critical acclaim at the Cannes Film Festival and has won awards around the world, including at the Stitch Film Festival and the Gérard International Fantasy Film Festival. Set during a bright Nordic summer, The Innocents tells the story of four children living in the same housing estate who, when left to their own devices, revealed their dark and mysterious powers. But when the adults aren't looking, playtime, takes a dangerous turn. The Innocents then look out for that in cinemas this weekend remember to hit subscribe on YouTube for all the latest tips and highlights from the Sweet Legacy show including our interview with Morgan Freeman Laurie McCreary and Eddie Kedegi that's it from us for today we'll be back with you at the same time same place 4 o'clock on Choice FM UK next Thursday unless you hear otherwise bye for now
0: The weekly show on Choice FM UK is brought to you by Clean Home Décor. Get your home looking sharp at clean with a double E, home decor.com.